We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. You called it Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks, welcome to Star Wars Rebels Season 2, Brothers of the Broken Horn, the introduction of Hondo in the Rebels series, a classic character from the Clone Wars, Episode 5 or 6, depending on how you are counting. So... Um, as I may have mentioned in the previous episode, I jumped ahead to do a few episodes before this one. I wanted to do a Hera episode, I wanted to do a Sabine episode, and I wanted to do the sort of resolution episode between these older guys here, Kanan and, uh, and Rex, the clone. And so here they're still arguing, uh, you know, a, a soldier, a Jedi, Rex is wiser than Kanan, and they're sort of growing together. Um, Ezra is in the middle of it all um, and of course it's the rescue of Ezra in a couple episodes from now that ultimately brings them together in the previous episode where we get the, meet the new Inquisitors right this is new um, they, they're starting to trust each other here but they really have to trust each other when they when Hera forces them on a mission together to save Ezra and a bunch of the rebels um, and it's one of my favorite episodes and I had to do it after some of the earlier episodes of the season um, but here they're still working on it um and right the black market comes back in even with the rebellion especially with the rebellion they need their black market connections more than ever and that's sort of the two main reasons that there were two of the main reasons that the rebellion embraces uh the ghost crew is a they're extremely talented and dedicated to the cause but also just like why you have han and lando leading the mission at the battle of endor is you need the the creativity and unorthodox approach and the connections of smugglers and i think we're going to see that with billy d williams coming back in episode nine too that whatever connections he still has in sort of the future um of the star wars universe as we know it leia is definitely going to need him as well as his connections so I'm assuming if you're watching this with me, you've watched at least some of the previous episodes with me. Um, But uh, in case you haven't, you know, I recorded the first seven or eight or nine Rebels episodes like late last year. And then The Last Jedi happened. And then the follow up from The Last Jedi Jedi happened. And then the final season of Rebels happened. And then Solo and the before and after of Solo. And so I've just had so much to talk about. I I took a much longer break than I was expecting. But now I'm back. I'm going to be doing all the Rebels episodes. And so I don't think they met hondo early in season one they met visago and visago is kind of the rebels hondo in terms of being more of a cutthroat uh smuggler um that that we see uh from hondo onaka um in the clone wars but you know again having come to rebels first post rogue one and then watching the clone wars i was shocked about you know, not just how much younger Hondo is in the Clone Wars, but he's just like straight up bad guy. I mean, he's he plays both sides in Rebels, but because of how they tell the stories and, and draw out the characters, he ends up being more lovable. And he even goes through a bit of a moral journey himself to the point where, spoiler alert, he ends up straight up helping them at the, like the very end of the series. And he, he goes very fond of Ezra. He claims because of Ezra constantly outsmarting him. And that's why 
even though the rebels, even though Hera and Kanan give uh, um, uh, give Ezra a tough time about constantly falling back on Hondo for help, in the end, Ezra usually gets the upper hand or at least pays their debts for the stuff that he can provide. Um, and Hondo claims to be falling in love with the boy, you know, sort of a fatherly or grandfatherly figure because of Ezra's schemingness. But ultimately, I think it's more. Uh, you know, just like, like I said, it's more like a grandfather and a grandson kind of relationship or, you know, like the mischievous uncle who, who, uh, encourages the rascally nature of, of their nephew, uh, sort of like I do with my nephews, but really you, you you're, uh, you're growing attached to them and growing fond for them because of, of their good qualities, whatever else you claim about yourself being a scoundrel or a rascal or so forth. All right. Turn up the volume a little bit. I have been doing these mostly from my computer, and now I'm projecting on my TV, so hopefully this will go well. Got my little couch setup going, and I'm trying to run through a few of these. I was doing my Deadpool 2 commentary earlier. These are some cool, older, super intimidating-looking battle droids that you just know, if you've seen any science fiction, they're going to turn on and be not helpful at some point. Right, they think it's Visago. So, uh, right, so I have to put myself in the shoes of someone who was a loyal Clone Wars f- follower, and, you know, I, I, I think the narrative was people weren't sure about Rebels at all going into the end of Season 1, but with the reveal of Ahsoka, and then tons of Ahsoka and Vader in Season 2, plus Tarkin, the Emperor... I think they were getting so much on board, especially because of Ahsoka and Vader, obviously. But you introduce a fan favorite like Hondo, and even though he is older a little bit, you know, still scheming, but certainly less evil or less bad. Yep, turn them on. Uh-oh, evil robots with red eyes. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I, I would think that if, if you're fully on board now as a Clone Wars fan you know, going back a few years, that you would be excited to see Hondo. And I think everyone likes Hondo. I, I don't know. But again, like with Ahsoka, I met older Hondo first and then went back. Uh, the difference is, you really can only like Hondo just from a the way you like Vader in the Clone Wars, as just an awesome, dimensional, but kind of evil, or very evil in Vader's case, uh, Star Wars character. Here he is kind of lovable. And yes, you can chalk it up to the Disneyfication, but, you know, Jedi Geek Girl also points out that he is older, and, you know, as people get older, usually... If you're on the border of bad and not horrible, maybe y- y- you become a little less, you know, drawn to the dark side as you get older and want things like relationships. And I think, you know, it's almost like Maul. Like, there's a very strong parallel between Ezra's relationship with Hondo and Maul. The difference is Maul is purely out for himself and acts like a fatherly figure or whatever to Ezra just to get what he wants. That seems to mostly be what Hondo is after as well. But Hondo does have, you know... I. Seems to have a good heart deep down. You could make the argument that him helping the rebels straight up, not even for money, at the end of season four, the end of the series, is due to you know him being out of character and just sold to performance of Jim Cummings, who does the voice, who's amazing, and a legendary voice actor like Steve Blum, who does um, 
Oh, there's hyperspace um who does zeb and you know both of these guys have like a thousand voice credits in video games television anime and so forth uh that is visago's ship it's a beautiful ship i believe it's called a hawk hwk from the star wars x-wing miniatures nerd game and i talk about i learn all about the ships And it's like, you you really need to, if you're going to end up loving Rebels, you must fall in love or at least end up really liking Ezra. Because it's, it's undeniable that the best episodes are him and Hondo, or him and Sabine, or especially him and Kanan. Or, you know, him and Chopper and Zeb beat a bunch of dumb idiots and acting like children when he's the only true child among them. And, you know, this would fall into the filler category, uh, which, again, depends on your interpretation about whether that's something you like or not. I generally like it with Rebels, especially on rewatches. You're at, you know, when you know the episodes well, you're like, oh, I'm in for like a relaxed episode like this. Oh, he's stealing from him already. Um, or, you know, or I want a plot-heavy Ahsoka or Kanan episode or whatever. Yeah, there's no way this is going to backfire, stealing the robot controls. Of course, Hondo has seen this a million times. <laughs> yeah, close, long shot on the evil robot standing there, just in case you weren't sure. Those red engines are gorgeous. I mean, it just really translates. Um, you know, seeing the Star Wars comic book art, which I've really grown to like, which is a combination of like photorealistic faces of the original cast, which is a little arresting at first, but you do get used to it and make sense since it is a movie, combined with like very you know, a pretty detailed, almost computer level art design of ships and nebulas and planets and so forth. Those red engines are definitely something you would see there. It just pops off. Um, and actually, the, the, the TIE fighters have red engines, the twin ion engines. That, that's where you get TIE from, twin ion engines. Um, they're a little hard to see. Oh, God, S. Morgan, this fucking guy. So S. Morgan immediately becomes more appealing just being with Hondo. He's really intolerable with, with Lando. I won't talk about that again being my least favorite episode from season one. It's nothing to do with Billy D. I just didn't like the way that they wrote for Billy D and just that whole episode. And what I was going to say was these smuggling episodes can get old, but that's why you need Jim Cummings as Hondo. And the Hondo smuggling, when you're talking about straight smuggling episodes that are like standalone or filler, you need characters like Hondo to make them lovable. And while I do like Visago as a, as sort of a darker and more realistic less goofy smuggling character he can't carry an episode whereas hondo and ezra can totally carry episodes and they, that's why they do revisit it and the big turning point i believe is in season three where hondo gets caught like totally ditching his pig buddy um and trying to steal from everyone including his partner in a way that's not even practical for him that's just irrational greed and there is a look of kind of sadness on his face when he sees ezra so upset with him and while he may attempt to swindle them occasionally from that point forward he is you know much more uh, aware of his actions for the first time And, and that's what ezra does i mean the thing is you know we're teased with luke turning vader at the end of jedi and then in battlefront 2 he turns delmico i mean and in the comic books we see it too you know he almost turns afra in the comics numerous times like just his his you know 
as as much moralizing and you know cliched righteousness that characters like Ezra and Luke have, it's so coming from a right place, and they're not hypocritical. They truly act uh, according to their beliefs. That these these old nasty scheming characters if they do have a good heart deep deep down like hondo i think does at this point can't help but be swayed or at least tempted by the light side which of course i don't want to go into a long discussion about it here i knew i liked you um you know which is what makes kylo so interesting is that you know vader or I should say Anakin wants to be on the light side, but keeps getting pulled to the dark. Whereas Kylo claims to, and is constantly talking about wanting to be in, the, in acting in such a way that he wants to be in the dark side and, and take after the evil sides of his grandfather Vader. But he's constantly being pulled to the light as he talks about in both episode seven and, and eight. And if you're someone who does bad things, but you feel the call to the light and you come across characters like Luke or Ezra, or in Kylo's case, Ray you're going to be tempted the same way that good guys are tempted by the dark side. So there's a straight up star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker theme. Um, it's always interesting when Kevin Kiner, the composer and director of music decides to use the themes, obviously the rebel theme, right? It was just right there. You're constantly going to be using the rebel theme because it's Star Wars Rebels, and you're constantly using the Force theme because it's Star Wars, and our t- two main characters, Kanan and Ezra, are Jedi, or wannabe Jedis. But, like, when they occasionally use the Leia theme, or the, especially the Leia Han theme, when it's not with Leia directly, is always interesting. And I believe the next episode I'm doing, because, again, after this, there's a Hera episode, a Sabine episode, and then the Kanan Rex, you know, budding bromance, let's get over our, our differences and work together episode. I think the next episode after that is Leia, or, or it's coming soon, and I'm excited, because while it's not a super strong episode on the surface, the character stuff that happens between Ezra and Leia is fantastic fantastic and well i've had some difficulty getting through the leia princess of alderaan book because it's so clearly for teenagers it is claudia gray who wrote bloodline of older leia which is my favorite star wars book by far other than catalyst maybe and it is princess leia who i love it's also 14 year old princess leia and it's meant for teens but it's not rebel rising where it's technically i mean it is teenage Jin and it's technically a teen book but it's so dark what she has to go through it reads like an adult i mean it reads more adult than some of the quote-unquote adult books the way lost stars also speaks to adults is technically teen fiction also written by claudia gray i mean claudia gray is the best they got going for them ek johnston wrote the incredible whoa oh here's the force powers so, of course, Hondo's first instinct is, oh my god, I'm not dead. His second instinct, just going into his head here, I think, is, ooh, this boy has force powers or something. How can I use it? And, again, watching this for the first time, I, I didn't know Hondo's full history. And we know in the Clone Wars, he has lots of dealings. We see his dealings with Obi-Wan. He, he, tr- he works with Obi-Wan, then backstabs him. In the end, he does end up helping Obi-Wan while also backstabbing him or, or right here's him being like oh you're even more valuable than that. like he was already liking ezra's uh you know smuggler smuggler-esque well not even smuggler-esque his smuggler's brain but right one of my best friends was a jedi i think he's talking about obi-wan and here's ezra being too honest right be a pirate jedi which is essentially what kanan was before the series started right the cowboy jedi or the pirate jedi 
definitely channeled in Firefly, but especially in the Serenity movie, the you know the con- the big conflict of being in the Serenity uh, Firefly movie. Serenity was that Mal C- Captain Malcolm Reynolds was starting to use River Tam on their missions, and her older brother's not happy about it. But she is a psychic and has great fighting skills, and she saves their lives. And eventually, she almost gets killed with them, and that leads to the conflict of them leaving the ship and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, even good people, but if you're a smuggler on the edge and just surviving, people like this, are it's very tempting to use them. Oh, right. He says 0%, I want the generators. Yep. Yeah. Ezra's this entire time Ezra is trying to just negotiate a, a positive gain for the rebellion. He doesn't care about the money. I mean, at, f- f- after the original two episodes, Spark of the Rebellion, he never cares about the money. Sometimes he schemes when he doesn't have to just because he, it, that's how he lived his whole life and it's hard to, you know, cut your instincts off at a certain point, but it's never about greed with Ezra. The dark side he does get tempted by, but it's hard to blame him with his level of power, naivete, and the lack of Jedi guidance beyond Kanan, who, as we've discussed, and we'll continue discussing, when he's being therapist, older brother Kanan is great, but he's not always there for Ezra or know how, doesn't always know how to deal with Ezra because he hasn't been trained properly. And Ezra's power and maturity is beyond his. Up oh, here's Vizago locked up, and this is Ezra's first realization that Hondo's full of shit. And do you believe that's Windsor? So Vizago's clearly Russian accent, and you know. I think people are split between thinking accents are racist or me thinking that lack of accents are racist. If everyone's just an American English accent, what kind of representation is that? And giving it to different aliens, the key is not to assign an accent with aliens that matches uh, stereotypes. And that's, you know, people say, oh, you know... um, what's his name? The flying bug creature who is Anakin's enslaver in uh, episode one... You know, he's got a big nose and he's a greedy merchant and has an Eastern European accent. He was like, oh, it's a Jewish stereotype. I never got that until I saw it. And I'm Jewish. And then people started saying, oh, that's a Jewish stereotype. I, I still don't see it that way. Here comes my cat, of course. Um, you know, and so I guess it's a matter of perspective. It's interesting, me being a Jew and other Jews I know that I brought this up with don't see that character as being a Jewish stereotype or Visago, you know, again, greedy Eastern European type thing. Um, Maybe it's the big nose of, um, what's his name? I can't believe I'm blanking on it from episode one. You guys know what I'm talking about. Wado. Excuse me, Wado. That's one of the keys with podcasting, guys, is you let your brain relax when you can't remember something. It's like it's like when you're hiccuping, the worst thing you can do is keep thinking of hiccup, hiccuping. For all the tricks there are for getting rid of hiccups, uh, you know the key thing is to take your mind off it for a couple seconds, and it goes away. Hopefully, of course, in real conversation, I would never be able to re- remember something like that. So key for life is use the pressure and fear of being on the mic or live or you know, being in the middle of crisis, even if it's just a podcast and, uh, or like, you know, I used to be deathly afraid of getting shots like most kids are. And I just figured out a way to dissociate from it because the fear was so great when I was a kid, you know, and I'm like, this is so stupid. It's just a quick pinch that, or, uh, you know, when I had to start getting a lot of blood tests for some stuff, 
some uh, disease I had, uh, I'm okay now for the most part, but I do have to get a lot of blood tests. Eventually, you just kind of take a breath and take your mind off it. That's a good lesson for life, you know? I think that's the problem is so much of life is the in-between parts where nothing's going on, so you don't have that crisis to drive you one way or the other. And those are people who really succeed in life are the 95% of nothing happening, being able to find serenity or, or peace. is That's the real challenge. Maybe that's why I podcast constantly. <laughs> and that really speaks to, uh, I, I know I'm not talking much about the podcast now because this is, you know, a smuggling episode with some great characters and in, in, in visual uh, delights. Um, I guess the machines still have to go crazy at some point. Um, but... Uh, you know, Ezra, I talk about, I have a couple favorite lines, you know, the whole Kanan with the mind control and Ezra says, I wish that would work for me. And Kanan goes, I wish that would work on you, you know? Uh, but the other one of course is when Yoda's testing Ezra for the first time, just, it's just Yoda's voice with the sparkles and the Jedi temple in the first season. And he's testing Ezra and it seems like Ezra is talking about revenge and all this dark side stuff. But then he turns to talk about how much he loves his friends and how it makes him feel like what they do. Helping people makes him feel alive. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing. If you're an adrenaline junkie or you're living for thrills, if you can redirect that into helping people and feeling the thrill of the excitement of helping people and changing the world positively, that's what we need. The problem is between our education system and bad parenting and society all being fucked up, there are a lot of Ezra's out there who aren't, you know, whose who's, uh, ability, skills, passion, and, you know, thrill-seeking is being redirected in the wrong way, or they don't know what to do with it, and they end up doing horrible things or just being wasted. That's why, you know, we need Kanan with Ezra, and Hera, of course, watching both Kanan and Ezra as well. And Rex is another great father figure that they don't quite use enough, and Zeb too, you know, I think Zeb realizes that he's better as, you know, uh, the the brother that they're, they fight with each other, but they're just having a good time. Zeb never wants to talk down to the kid, even when he maybe should be giving him old man advice. Right, you're on a different path now. And I have you guys. There it is. Yep, Kanan's happy. Ezra was never tempted. They got the generators, and Ezra was never tempted. Oh, I guess the robots. Did I miss the robots? Huh. Was that a total red hanger? I didn't miss it. Oh, well. All right. Brothers of the Broken Horn. There you have it. All right. So let me see here um, while I have this open. So the next episode is my cat is climbing all over me. I apologize, guys. Um, right. So the next episode of Wings of the Master, which I've already recorded, which is Hera and the B-Wing and the Mon Cal. Uh, guy, which is a lot of fun. Blood Sisters, where we meet uh, Tetsu, Ketsu, uh, Gina Torres, uh, and learn more about Sabine's past, which is great. And then Stealth Strike, um, which is the um, Kanan and Rex finally becoming buddies and working together and saluting each other at the end, which is beautiful. Okay, then we have Future of the Force, which is, you know, I think in Ahsoka, I hope, please, an Ahsoka episode. Um, yeah, okay, so we get Ahsoka and the, the Inquisitors, um, I believe, in the future of the Force, and then we have Legacy, which is an episode that you, you gotta, you have to like, or at least appreciate the prequels, and, or, or at least the Clone Wars, because we get the Roger Roger robots and the clones, and it's, uh, you know, it's sort of a little bit on the nose, 
a little too convenient like oh let's you know close the book but still celebrate the you know the droid pasts both in you know the movies and tv shows but also in terms of the fans uh it's 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 intentionally heavy intentionally heavy nostalgia um, and then Princess on Lothal, which I'm very excited because it's Leia. And then Protector of Concord Dawn, which is awesome. We start getting the major Mandalore stuff with Sabine. Then Legends of the Lasat, which is one of my favorite episodes, which is, of course, the first big Zeb episode where he has to find his secret planet and deal with his past. So thank you for joining me. Hopefully I got my cat off before this recording gets destroyed. I'll see you for some future Rebels episodes. May the Force be with you. And the Bizzle is out.